Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Boundaries podcast, a podcast where we interview faculty, students, staff, and alums of the Beyond Boundaries series of courses and the Beyond Boundaries program at Washington University in St. Louis. In this podcast, we aim to reach across the digital divide and highlight engaging stories told by Beyond Boundaries faculty and students at WashU and their ideas for future work and play. We hope to give you a window into what Beyond Boundaries is, featuring the next generation of interdisciplinary thinkers and collaborators whose aim is to leverage curiosity across disciplines in an effort to solve some of the most complex and challenging problems we face in the world today. My name is Rob Morgan, and I am the director of the Beyond Boundaries program at WashU and a teaching professor in the area of design and the performing arts department. Enjoy the show. My guest today on the Beyond Boundaries pro- uh, podcast uh, for the Beyond Boundaries program are two current students in the Beyond Boundaries program. Um, we have on the on the line, we have uh, Brandon Perez, who is in the second year class of Beyond Boundaries, the mighty class of 2024. And then we also have Heidi Pina, is a uh, first year student in the, in the class of 2025. Both of them are uh, based in the Sam Fox School of Design and Visual Arts, more specifically in the architecture program in that school, in that division. But I'm really delighted to um, have them both on the podcast. I, uh, as, you say, as you may say these days, E introduced them to each other via email a few weeks ago because I had an advising meeting with Heidi, and I thought a lot of her interests really crossed over with uh, Brandon's interests, and so I'm delighted that you all had an opportunity to meet each other. And then I said, okay, next next step, next strategy I have, next devious plan I have in mind is for you all to do a podcast. And so thank you for being here, both of you. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, let's start, I guess, a little bit at the beginning. Uh, give us a little bit of a backstory of your hometown, uh, How you know what you did prior to coming to Wash U here in St. Louis. Uh, let's start maybe with Brandon. Yeah, so I'm from Mesa, Arizona, um, back home. Uh, just I went to uh, Mesa High School. So I lived about maybe five minutes away driving and then maybe like a 15-minute walk from home. So that was that was pretty simple. You know, I got up in the morning and, like, school was right there, so I could sometimes wake up a little bit later. Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm from. It's very hot. Um, <laughs> definitely different from St. Louis. But I enjoyed the. Uh, I really enjoyed the weather back home. Yeah, I guess and it's what, my turn. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Heidi. Okay, so I'm from the northwest side of Chicago, so like Albany Park and Baylor Craigging. I was actually born in Ecuador, and like huh? when I was like turning five, I we my family flew into Chicago, and we've been here since then. Wow. Very cool. Well, I'm so glad that you're both you're both here at WashU now, and your paths have crossed. Um, so uh, I have to tell you, Brandon, both you and I now have parents in Arizona. My folks have now permanently moved to Prescott, Arizona. I helped them last summer move the last of their belongings. I drove a big yellow truck across New Mexico, <laughs> dropped off their things in Prescott. So. <laughs> Uh, I was asking them, y'all know where Mesa is? I have a student from Mesa. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we went down there to buy a uh, refrigerator or something, I think. I'm not sure exactly. But 
anyway, it's uh, so glad to have you both here. Um, so talk a little bit about, um, if you would, uh, about your big question. Uh, we'll start again with, uh, I guess we'll go from oldest to youngest. We'll start with Brandon again. <laughs> talk a little bit about you know, what, what, ins- what inspired you to apply to Beyond Boundaries and maybe a little bit about what your big question was all about. Yeah, so um, I originally didn't know about the Beyond Boundaries when I was looking into WashU. Um, I discovered it through the QuestBridge program. And once I found out about it, I did a little bit of digging, looking through architecture schools. And I saw WashU, and then through the WashU sort of website, I noticed that there was like, this article that you know popped up, the Beyond Boundaries. and I was really interested by, um, I always remember that the welcome video you did to the class of 2023 uh-huh. um, Beyond Boundaries students. And it was that sort of like little 15-minute video introduction to Beyond Boundaries. And I remember just seeing that video and afterwards just going to my parents and be like, I, I want to be go to this school, um, <laughs> you know, and I want to be a part of this program. And so um, that's what I did. I applied early, early decision to WashU, and um, here I am now. And a little bit of what inspired me mostly was the, an interest that I have between architecture and and the way that it functions in our daily lives. You know how how it influences us and and the ways that that we design and create communities. Wow. And if I'm not mistaken, Brandon, your your big question ties into your sort of personal story. Can you talk a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, uh, during about my junior year of high school, um, my family moved out from the house we were renting, and at that time, um, my grandma had a really big backyard, and so she um, she welcomed us to, you know. She, let us on her land and so what we did was um we ended up uh deciding to build a house in their backyard so like a guest house slash actual house um so it's it's not as big as a traditional home but it, it feels like one and so it's that sort of whole journey uh my dad is a draftsman um and so he got to actually create the designs and then through that process I was there being able to experience that and also taking it um, you know from the city from the city level like turning in the plans and having them revised and feeling like seeing my dad deal with that and then just trying to understand like the codes the you know the, the policy side of architecture but also like the design side um, in that like for example, my parents got to design the bedroom they wanted, or like I got to design the room I wanted, keeping in mind like maybe the bed I wanted. So um, a lot of my family laughed at me for this, but I got a, a bed called a wall bed. So it actually like, when you're not sleeping on it, it folds up into the wall. Yeah. And so um, when they come into my room, sometimes they're like, oh, where's the bed at? They just and I have a couch in my room, so it looks like I'm just sleeping on the couch all the time and they laugh. Um, but I also joke around that, um, you know, if it's up in the wall, I'm like, oh, I sleep in there, like kind of like a vampire, but on the wall. And so, I love it. I love so, it. Yeah, so that that part of the experience, you know, just just experiencing that 
that design process and, and then actually being able to to implement it and seeing uh, my house get built up from the ground up, you know, that was a lot of digging, digging for the electrical pipes, um, you know, it was helping out with the framing, helping out with the electricity, helping out with, with the yeah. plumbing, all sorts of things. So that was an exciting process and something that really opened my eyes up more to to sort of how immersive architecture could be. Yeah, yeah. I I share your passion for that. I used to build stuff with my dad all the time and I, I'm convinced that it was the sense of accomplishment when it was done that that really led me to to doing it, I guess, on, we might say, an accelerated basis when it comes to theater design. You know, you whip something up in the mm -hmm. course of about six months as opposed to years, perhaps, in, in architecture. But um, really, I love that, that that sort of story connects to what you, what you want to make of your life right now. I think that's fantastic. How old were you when you built this home? Uh, was, so I'm 19 now. I was about 16, 17. Wow. Maybe 16 wow. and a half. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love that. What a great, a great connection, I, you know, in a time well spent. I helped my folks build a house in the mid nineties. And I think I must've been about in my twenties maybe. And a lot of colleagues of mine said, oh, you know, you're on this path and you're just beginning your career and you shouldn't take time off to, you know, a whole year but to go build a house mm -hmm. um, with your family. But I would not trade that year for the world. It was you know, it was, I mean, like I got, like you said, I got to work on the pouring the slab and building the walls and uh, doing all the trim. Um, it was, it was a, mm -hmm. a remarkable experience and I didn't do it alone. We had, we had contractors and such, but I, I, I know yeah. where every little, little, little idiosyncrasy about that house um, that they've since sold, sadly, but I know everywhere, every little plug is and where every little, little quirk about that house is just because I saw it go up mm -hmm. from the, from the ground up. So what an amazing story. I love that story. Um, and turning to you, Heidi, I'd love to, um, uh, if, and, and this may be uh, maybe not interesting to you, but quoting yourself to you, <laughs> um, uh, a, real, a little um, part of your essay, your application essay, um, for me, I think is really interesting in terms of your, your role as a Beyond Boundaries student connecting across disciplines. You say in your essay that you want to connect the disciplines of architecture, communications, design, and public policy. Um, and now your big question, whatever it might be, can change. You wrote this back, I guess, around January of this year. Um, but can you talk a little bit about your, your big question? Honestly, like, um, with my question, I'm, I think I'm still as passionate as, as I was when I wrote that essay. I was actually reading that essay again, like, uh, a couple hours ago, just to see like where I stand <laughs> and like the passion is still there, honestly. Um, so when it comes to connecting like uh, the disciplines of architecture, communication, um, um, communication design, and what was the other one? Oh, and public policy. Right. I think it's it striped from very different places. Um, with architecture, I thought about like housing and like how it unites communities. Like, um, for example, having an open space at a park, I think... Um, even if, even even if the neighborhood is like very run down, I think it brings a lot of children together, and I like I kind of saw that. And then with public policy, I think um, so. I used to be part of this program um, uh, where we design a policy campaign, and um, what's it called? We had to present that to the community, and I think it showed me how like 
not a lot of uh, people know. Uh, for me, it was for sex and uh, sex education. And even though this is, it doesn't really connect that much. Uh, I saw how like impactful public policy was, and how a lot of people don't know uh, about what it takes uh, to get things into law. And like, I kind of went into that aspect of like uh, how like laws and policies kind of um, what's it called play a role in changing communities. Yeah. So how it all kind of comes down and connects. It's like with communication design, you actually use that to share stories. And then with law, you kind of push that, um, those changes into like a whole community. And it like happens really slowly. And architecture, I think it's one of those things that kind of like are kind of like beautiful to look at. And actually that's where a lot of people come in together. So yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking with my big question. Yeah. And you said they don't connect, but I, I would disagree. I think they very much connect. I mean, that's honestly, it's all, it's all homelessness. For example, you mentioned in your essay, that is one giant interdisciplinary um, problem that I, I believe must be solved in an interdisciplinary way. So um, yeah, it's uh, rereading your essay as you did just recently, you said yourself just a couple hours ago. I, I, I mean, it's just, um, I am for both of you, actually, both Brandon and Heidi, I'm, I'm, humbled by the maturity of of the the quest that you are on and the the sort of um I, I don't know I'm I I'm trying to remember back when I was 18 and I don't remember being nearly as mature as both of you <laughs> and having these you know really kind of honestly um uh profound thoughts about how public policy affects homelessness and things like that I I don't know what I was doing, but I wasn't thinking about really kind of lofty things like that. So I'm, I'm quite humbled and, and impressed by both of you. Um, but uh, I find this, I find this really interesting. Heidi, you said that you you worked um, to propose a, a new public policy. Was that back in Chicago? Was that while you were in high school? I assume. Yeah, that was actually uh, over the summer while like we're in quarantine, like before my senior year. Um, so obviously I had to do a lot of like, uh, community hours, but I think, um, I had tapped into design and I have tapped into like, um, a lot of uh, other areas that I was interested, but not like, um, policy. So this was one of the things that I kind of like pushed aside because I was like, I don't want to be a lawyer. So like, um, but I think I took that chance and I took that risk and we were, we had like. Um, people that will help us plan this policy. And it was like, I think it was a two month program. Um, it was barely new. And we got, we got to talk to like a couple uh, people in the Senate. Um, and we, for us, like we had little groups where we kind of like talked about what we were passionate about. And I think I am very passionate about like gender equity too. So in that sense, our public, um, our policy campaign was about like sex education and we kind of looked into how outdated it was and how much it doesn't benefit a lot of the students growing up. So, um, and then at the end it was because it was very remote, we ended up doing like a slide presentation mm -hmm. and we had like put facts and then uh, the community got to see that and vote on which one was like which one attracted their attention, how much they learned about it. And um, what's it called? I was, we got voted for a community favorite, and I was very proud of that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
Wow, you are you all are mature beyond your years. Let me just tell you that. Um, really, really fascinating. I, I would love to know a little bit about now, uh, keeping in mind, Heidi, you've been in, uh, you're literally in your first semester here at WashU. Brandon's in his second year at WashU. Um, what are some courses that you might recommend to students listening that um, kind of tie into this, um, to your big question? Uh, any of your sort of maybe uh, top one or two favorites? Um, beginning, let's say, with uh, Brandon. Yeah. I really enjoyed uh, design and social systems. And so that's a class where you sort of, um, you learn about the design process. It's more, I guess, broadened than specifically to architecture, but a lot of things apply to a various amount of fields. Um, and so in that class, you learn the design process and then you sort of practice it with a community partner or, um, in general, just some just some like reflections, like, and some projects that you do, um, and so something that's very valuable from that is just that having that experience to be able to to really think critically about your design and being able to, in a sense, analyze those things that you are interested in, say like um, autonomy or equality and things like that, like equity. Um, you know, thinking through those things and finding ways to, um, you know, move those values through the work that you're doing. Um, so I really did a lot of that. And, you know, as the title implies, social systems, so it also, um, you know, you learn a little bit of how, of how to communicate with the community, how to communicate with others, um, and then how to sort of understand your role as a as somebody that's intervening in the community or, you know, somebody that's going to work uh, potentially in the industry. Got it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, how about you, Heidi, a, a favorite class maybe the, of this semester that you, you might want to recommend either beyond boundaries or not? Uh, I'm going to start with the beyond the boundaries class that I'm taking. It's called the end gate of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. It's like um, leveraging capitalism for good. And, um, we're basically taking like an advantage um, that people see with like people wanting to profit out of like businesses and how we can use that motive as a way to um, what's it called meet sustainable development goals. So right now we're like um, even though this is a little bit out of like my big question, I think it's a really good way to explore because uh, we live in a world where you know, capitalism plays a big role in a lot of things. Um, so in this class, we kind of like look at the mistakes and like the consequences of capitalism, like throughout history. And then we kind of like, we have our ideas for businesses and how this, uh, these ventures can help us with like education or like with uh, gender equity or like food insecurity. So that's one of the classes that I'm taking right now. And just another one, because I, <laughs> I love these two classes, yeah. is the Introduction to Design Process, which is with Professor Heather uh, Wister and Gail Lorber, though. Sorry, <laughs> I butchered that. But Lorber, Lorber so Bob, I, yes. Okay. So in that class, we are actually doing a podcast. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And um, we get to talk about, like, my little group is um, talking about, like, rehabiting and repurposing buildings. And we kind of, like, go into, like, different tangents. Um, 
but sometimes we talked about like how uh, again like we talked about homelessness and we talked about like how sometimes there is harmful harmful architecture where um where they put like spikes on like the what's it called on the benches not spikes it, it like cuts the benches in half which prevent like homeless people from sleeping on it right. and we talked about how like that kind of well it's it's a very bad thing because uh homeless people already don't have like spaces where they can like rest and like you know just like live right mm -hmm. but it also still continues to like um because you don't see it you don't think it's a problem so we also talked about that yeah uh, but yeah that's a slight introduction to the podcast that we're trying to do yeah that's great that's great feel free to promote your podcast on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is fascinating. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, uh, I know Brandon that you are pursuing, um, a minor in, uh, creative practice for social change. We have a, a good friend of mm -hmm. the Beyond Boundaries program and a co-teacher in a Bear Bridge class. A Bear Bridge class is a class that students take in their second semester, if they would wish, called Law, Race, and Design. And, um, Panina Akayo Laker is one of the two professors of that course. And, um, and you, Brandon, are pursuing doing a minor that Panina um, launched called Creative Practice for Social Change. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, the minor in itself is, you know, it's very straightforward, Creative Practice for Social Change. Um, so some of that practice uh, comes from several classes that, that are, you know, available for the minor. Um, there's the exclusive one, like Design and Social Systems, which is the sort of introductory class for the minor. But then there's a long list of minors all throughout uh, WashU, um, some in uh, ArtSci, um, Sam Fox, the Business School, I believe, and then just within Sam Fox, you know, different ones uh, in architecture, art. And some of these classes um, are very, they're all kind of different on what they what they sort of look like, because um, at least in my experience so far, the classes I've taken aren't the traditional, um, you know, classroom. You go in, you study, sort of like calculus or, you know, things like that or English. It's more so um, like classes where they're mostly discussion based or project based, and you often includes like readings and um, sort of talking about what it means to be, uh, for example, in right now I'm taking a couple classes, one called Urban Ecological Anthropology and other uh, called Culture and Identity, American Landscapes. And so in those classes, uh, we're talking about what it means to be um, sort of like environmentally, um, you know, how to practice environmental justice. And so that's been a lot of learning about several case studies throughout the U.S. Of, of places where there has been environmental injustices. And so you can see that it, it spans a very broad um, scope of, um, you know, material to learn because it's not, it doesn't necessarily connect to like the architectural side, um, like explicitly, but it allows you for some connections to be made um, through that creative process of, analyzing and learning about um, several different fields 
um, like the anthropology class I'm taking. And um, yeah, so I think that's very, it's a very great minor. There's, you know, it opens the possibilities up for a lot of things. And I think that, um, yeah, I think that there's, you know, it's definitely an opportunity to be taken. For sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, it sounds like that minor in itself is interdisciplinary in nature and which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and tell me, fill me in on the rest of what you're studying. I know that that minor, you said you have almost completed actually by the end of your second year. What other, what other uh, majors or minors are you pursuing? Yeah. So I'm thinking, um, this is a little bit more farther out there, but I'm thinking about doing a minor in, um, urban design here at WashU. Um, and so that's some of those classes actually start my junior year, um, so I got a little bit ahead of myself with the kind <laughs> um, of practice and social change classes. But I'm really interested through the creative practice and social change minor. I picked up an interest in like urban planning and you know what it means to make a city and what sort of are the processes behind that and you know who's sort of at the table at these things. Right. Um, so I picked up a big interest in that and. Um, that's sort of the, the pathway I want to take, um, you know, for my future and to learn sort of, you know, that those bases of, um, city planning. Got it. Got it. So if I, if I have that correct, to be a major in architecture and a minor in urban design and a minor in creative practice for social change, is that right? Correct. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a lot. That's a that's a mouthful just to say. It takes a few years to figure that out, I'm sure. But um, I love it. Yeah. I love it that you're so you're so engaged in those in those. You know, again, I I think they're inherently interdisciplinary areas. Um, really, really wonderful and wonderful. Mm-hmm. You're taking advantage of our, as I said, our good friend Panina Akayo Lakers uh, minor that she's launched. I think it's fantastic. Um, Heidi, how about you? I know that, um, as students should know, listening that the Beyond Boundaries is its own division in your first year. You get to choose which division you land into at the end of your first year. Um, any idea what you might want to major and minor in or just major in one thing? Uh, so I entered the school with like, um, what's it called? I landed on the Sam Fox School. And I think for now, I think I'm staying, honestly, I kind of like it there. Um, I kind of want to venture out like, so right now I'm thinking of majoring in architecture, but I mm-hmm. want to venture out and look at like design yeah, and like, uh, graphic design. But I also want to like fulfill, like, so we did this activity yesterday with the mind mapping thing. And <laughs> I thought yeah. about real estate and that's something I've been like trying to pursue. And I actually, I'm thinking of like taking some classes, um, after like, um, spring semester is over. So I'm trying yeah. to see if I can find some classes here too. Yeah. Yeah. We have a couple of students, Liam Dye, who is a third year student, um, interested in, in a similar kind of thing. Um, as well as Dylan Miyashiro, who I did a podcast interview with both of them. Dylan is a finance major and a minor in architecture, and he's very interested in sort of real estate, particularly, I believe, uh, multifamily real estate properties. But, um, um, that's the beauty, I think, of Beyond Boundaries is uh, you should feel free to to contact either or both of those folks and and talk to them. They're only a couple of years ahead of you. They're what we call near peers <laughs> in our class. But um, 
But yeah, it was good to to do the mind mapping exercise. We pull from a book called Designing Your Life. Um, and we and essentially, uh, I think architects are naturals at this, actually, that we prototype lives, possible lives, using kind of a free association of sorts, a mind mapping exercise. It was a lot of fun. I hope I hope you had fun at it with it, Heidi. Um, but uh, I have a lot of Good. Yeah. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Um, so uh, I, I want to turn back to Brandon. Brandon, you also, I want to recognize, had a, a, a great honor of being a Goldman Fellow um, through the Gephardt Institute. Uh, I, I like to think of our, our Gephardt Institute on campus as a really amazing resource for students to connect with the St. Louis community and, and let's face it, get outside of the WashU bubble. Um, can you talk a little bit yeah. about your, gold, your Goldman Fellow experience? Yeah, it was it was great. Um, so that included a you know a stay here in St. Louis over the summer, which was you know very exciting within itself. Because although um, you know although I I love being on WashU and you know having that experience as a student, I really enjoyed being sort of a you know, being actually able to live in the St. Louis community. You know, go out, explore a little bit, like really far from WashU. Um, I had a trip to go to the caverns, um, just with like my friends and I, and then, you know, look around the region here, um, you know, going downtown, going to areas that you wouldn't, uh, you know, usually see while you were studying at WashU. Um, and so that, that was very exciting. But um, the other part of it was I partnered with a nonprofit in St. Louis that was doing some work in East St. Louis called Creative uh, Exchange Lab. And so that was very exciting because I got to learn more about East St. Louis. You know, a lot of times you hear about it and the old, first thing that comes to mind is, um, you know, the violence and uh, stuff like that, which is generally what's been portrayed on the news. Mm -hmm. But having that experience there really like opened my mind up to to those to sort of how a lot of times like that press could tell the story of a place but it doesn't tell a story you know it doesn't tell the full story right and so part of that part of my experience in uh working in east st louis with creative exchange lab was actually learning about that story and um it was very exciting within itself um because we sort of did like this series of um, conversations with the poet laureate of East St. Louis, uh, Eugene Redmond. And so he um, told a story, uh, the story of East St. Louis dating back to um, like 1960s um, times. And so East St. Louis used to be a very, um, used to be and still is a thriving city. Um, it was deemed the all-American city, I think that uh, the year 1960-something. Mm -hmm. um, but um, just learning about all that great history, you know, a lot of great people came from East St. Louis. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know about it much, but, you know, coming from the West. But I think that experience really opened my eyes to sort of that, that aspect of design of storytelling and sort of history making within itself um, because now a lot of the buildings that you know were thriving and filled with life in the 1960s 
aren't there now. So it, yeah. it also was very evident of like gentrification and, um, you know, sort of uh, erasure of history. And so um, that's something that, that we sort of focused a lot on in my experience was um, sort of the, the history of jazz and blues in East St. Louis mm. and how, you know, a lot of the clubs that, that were there um, actually like they just aren't there anymore or sometimes even whole schools um, like for example there's this one school you could uh, look at on, on Google Earth and when you look at it through the 3D 3D like view it's there but as soon as you turn it to like the updated 2D satellite view it's just a big patch of um, empty land mm. and so like it's it was quite it was like shocking to see these things um, but it was even more shocking to realize that like, oh, these places, you know, full of, you know, people's childhood memories, um, you know, people's experiences and, and heritage. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something that, that, that really resonated with me, uh, you know, working there. And I think that, that, you know, that this happens all over the, the U S and, um, it was, it was a very revealing um, experience, and I, I'm very happy that I got to be a part of it. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's uh, it's so great to see you um, developing and using your skills, in this case, um, for the common good. Um, you, you, I, I was mm-hmm. looking at your resume, and it said you created an inventory of cultural sites through mapping to preserve and memorialize yeah. East St. Louis. I think that's... That uh, though many people don't know, Jackie Joyner Kersey, the famous Olympic gold medalist, is mm-hmm. from East St. Louis. So a lot of rich history there in East St. Louis that um, is maybe overlooked uh, on a on a pretty regular basis. Um, and I also yeah. want to throw in that you're a Rodriguez scholar, an Anika Rodriguez scholar. Um, and so uh, an example, I think, of a few examples in our program, students can be both in a scholars program and in Beyond Boundaries at the same time. Um, and so you and others, I think, are proud examples of that. Um, uh, I want to shift really quickly because I'm kind of running out of time, but I want to shift to to just chatting with you both about, um, I guess, how you self-care. How do you, um, you know, any, any, any tips for classmates out there, uh, binge-watching recommendations, book recommendations, oh, I don't know, uh, movies you recommend, whatever it might be. Um, how did you stay... How did you stay sane? Uh, both of you experienced, I guess, the pandemic in different ways. Heidi was still in, in high school, and Brandon, you were here on campus, but for the large, most mm-hmm. mostly kind of isolated to your room. Um, how do you? How did you get through it? How did you? What? 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 Uh, what kind of practices did you find uh, worked for you? Uh, anybody want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brandon, how about you go first? Older, older, you, you, age before, age before beauty, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, a little bit of what I did was, um, I, even though you know, couldn't be like close with people, I tried to still like, you know, keep in touch with people. So a lot of like just picking up the phone sometimes and calling random people. Um, you know, first name I saw, first, like, last person I texted, um, sort of thing, um, and just talking with them, but then more so for self-care, there was a lot of, um, 
you know, watching TV shows. Um, I'm really big into comedy, so I started just watching. Um, I rewatched um, some episodes of like The Simpsons, like over and over. Like I, I don't get tired <laughs> of that show. Yeah. Um, but then also uh, another show that I rewatched um, is called The Wonder Years. So it's a oh. uh, yeah, it's a re- the, the original sitcom. Wonder Years. Yeah, the original that's Wonder from, Years. That's from my so, childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, my dad introduced me to it in uh, in like junior high. So I like I really I fell in love with the show, and so I started watching it again. Um, this time um, with uh, with some friends um, during during the year. Nice. And they're rebooting that that show as well. I think right. Yes, it's on yeah. it's on Hulu. Oh, cool! Yeah, nice. Yeah, that takes me back. I remember that. I love that show. Um, uh, how about you, Heidi? How did you uh, How did you get through? Any Any, any <laughs> honestly, tips out there for well being? Honestly, it was. I think for me, it was uh, really hard. I'm used to like, although I I'm like a introvert. I kind of like like being around my friends. So it was definitely difficult. I think I also like ended up being on long uh, phone calls with everybody mm-hmm. um, in terms of like um, taking myself, uh, taking care of myself. I would also like bench watch stuff. Um, I kind of ended up watching like uh, rewatching Malcolm in the Middle with like my family members. <laughs> that was like my favorite show. Like um, another classic. I also like, yeah, I I love that show. I also watch like Disney movies and kind of like explore my inner child because <laughs> um, I don't know why those are different. Like when I'm old, <laughs> I love it. What can you tell me your uh, your favorite Disney movie, or is that like asking for your favorite child? Uh, I don't. Okay, um, <laughs> that's so hard. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say it. I love all of them the same. Oh, um, that's a cop out. You have to choose one. <laughs> I love the cat, but like um, Tinkerbell. Uh, what's it called? Peter Pan. I <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I love that one. Just, just, just a little bit too much, but we're, yeah. we're not gonna talk about it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> Nice. Being a theater person, I know Peter Pan quite well. And there's a, uh, there's a great story, actually. Uh, speaking of uh, podcasts, um, This American Life, there's a classic, This American Life, it's got to be from 20 years ago now, called Fiasco. And it's all about, you know, when something goes wrong, you it just goes wrong. But when everything goes wrong, that's a fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> and and they, ha- they have a guy describe a, a production of Peter Pan that goes horribly wrong in so many ways, Captain Hook actually gestures at one point and his hook his hook goes flying into the audience and like and like hits somebody. And then he, he has some one line or some ad lib where he's like, Well, they don't make hooks like they used to and he keeps going. Oh my god. So, yeah, it's pretty classic. Maybe I'll link to it on this podcast, actually, because it's just too good. It's, 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 uh, and it's like, you know, at a certain point, the audience, they, they, they're forgiving, right, to a certain point. They're like, oh, you know, that's just a mistake. Let's move on. But then, you know, so many things go wrong. The audience is in on the joke, and they, are, they just are rolling in the aisles um, when they're not supposed to be. <laughs> so, 
Um, but uh, this has been delightful, actually, to kind of catch up um, with both of you. Uh, I'm so delighted that you're in the program, Heidi, in your very first semester. And Brandon, it's just so great, great to talk to you again. And um, given given our kind of hiccup year last year, it's it's nice to see things returning to a, a more in person, obviously here on campus and being back in the classroom mm -hmm. at least at least for this this old teacher. Um, it's been it's been really amazingly and energizing for me to to be back in the room. But um, but thank you, thank you, thank you to both of you for your time and um, for uh, contributing to this to this podcast. Um, well, uh, you'll have to play it back in 20 years to yourself and <laughs> think about <laughs> think about where you were at this at this moment in your in your lives. But uh, I appreciate you spending the time to kind of, you know, talk about your common interests and students can have common interests in Beyond Boundaries and and, uh, you know, big questions, we call them don't have to be unique. In fact, it's great when they're similar because yeah. then students like yourselves kind of get together and and uh, work on big problems together, which is fantastic. So um, I, I think you each have such bright futures and I can't wait to see how you change the world. Um, and uh, yeah, I got a front row seat for that. Speaking of theater, <laughs> I have a front row seat to, <laughs> to both of you changing, changing the world uh, for the better. So, well, thank you so much to you both for, for joining me today on the Beyond Boundaries podcast. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you.